1: don't wear gucci i am gucci <laughs> so stupid.
2: <laughs> i might write comedy but i live for drama
1: oh, oh see that is okay see this is the problem is that when i have writer girls come on the pod <laughs> they always fucking kill it that was a suck did you know guest we'll introduce in a second <laughs> what did you have a sense of what your housewives tagline is like have you thought about that previously or did this just kind of come to you as most creative pursuits often do <laughs>
2: um no that one's been with been, been with, with me for quite some time yeah
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god I love that I have thought in my head of um which tagline I would use if and when I ever um You know, if anyone is listening to this bartended on Watch What Happens Mm. Live, which was a tag I didn't even write, but someone sent to me, um, what was it? Oh, my... Septa might be deviated, but my style never swerves, which
3: I think is like a solid tagline
1: because I um fell on my nose during COVID. anyway. You guys, it's Andy's Girls, it's episode 426 ish, maybe 27, or as I wrote to myself in the note for this episode, 326. So, if anybody wants to know how I'm doing today, here we are, and I'm so excited to have a new guest on the People's People's Couch for AG Classic who I have chatted with Pryor, We also had a little date night this weekend, which maybe we'll talk about. You know him as Bravo Hollick and as I said, writer girl, a writer whose credits include Vogue, no big deal, The Cut and Vulture among others. Welcome to Andy's Girls, aka A G Classic Tom Smythe Tom Smythe how are you? I'm
2: great thank you so much for having me in the cloffice
1: um, It's real fun because You are an artiste I have your work also known as Milk and Don't Call Me Honey All over the apartment In the cl- We are staring at one of your iconic prints right now Kim Kardashian actually mentioned this, mentioned this On the very last episode um, Not bad for a girl with no talent One of her iconic moments With a, a, a beautiful illustration of her And I just found out about 30 seconds ago so we have literally seen each other in life multiple times i have introduced you to i don't know how many people and i just discovered just kind of like you know casually as i always do tom just wanted to confirm um s-m-y-t-h is smith and you said very generously and respectfully actually it's um smith
2: it's, it's true
1: Wow, what a moment. What it's a, a moment. Very... This is a we're gonna have a little this is gonna be our this is gonna be our Tamra. Shannon awkward <laughs> s- yeah. silence. No, part. it's
2: a very um typical mistake that I'm very used to after Wow nineteen years on this planet.
1: So what you're saying <laughs> is I'm like the Stasi Schroeder basic bitch of pronouncing pronouncing? Pronouncing <laughs> <laughs> irony. Oh my god, you guys right after right on the job. I have to tell you, you can already kinda see it feel it hear it I'm a little extra kooky crazy today because first time I've recorded in days god forbid but I have been with mi madre here in New York City the Tobes came for three days and decided in advance of that trip that we would stay in a hotel together (laughs) and so I have been with my mother for quite literally three days um, with nary a door between us and speaking of doors (laughs) When she arrived at the hotel and called me as she was walking inside and put her typical Toby spin on it, um, uh, she said, You know, the room is dot, dot, dot small. And then she went, Oh, and where's the bathroom? And I said, Surely somewhere inside that beautiful suite, which of course it was not. And she was like, Oh, no, it's right there. It's a whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Huh like she had some phrasing for it that indicated maybe there was not like a wall there where it should be and i said "Joby, are there doors?" and she was like whatever blah, blah blah see you soon and i walked in to that and I was, she was like "oh it's it's glass but you won't be able to see through it" and i knew i was fucked and i walked into that hotel room And I put my hand behind that designer fancy pants, like kind of like smoked glass Mm -hmm. or whatever. And you could see my full hand. It was completely clear, see-through clear. Oh, my God.
2: Were Heather Dubrow's um, frozen eggs etched into the glass?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing with that is like Heather's understanding of irony is so interesting or just like even humor because... She was so serious about that etching and of course you would have to be in order to spend I'm sure the money spent to have that yeah. etching made of her embryos in like a robin's <laughs> nest on her in that beautiful Also did she take the glass with her since she sold the house?
2: I hope so. I mean imagine buying that and then being like, "Oh yeah, the previous owner
1: has embryos left. etched on yeah. her glass." <laughs> yeah, I just have to say for any um hotels or whatever in the future I don't ever want to not have a door. I require a wall for a bathroom, and I don't care. I guess they were assuming that, like, it's all lovers who stay here, but I don't want to stay with a lover in a hotel room with clear glass. Like, that's where the, you know, it's not just the shower in there. There's other stuff. There's other stuff that gets done. You want a door for that.
2: I think a door and a wall are really underrated parts yes. of the bathroom that people forget how Apparently. important they
1: are. <laughs> I kept saying to my mom, I was like, because I couldn't stop talking about it. You can imagine the way I have conversation, the way I fixate. So for three days and then like the last day we're checking out the people where they were so lovely. And I was like, listen, um, I just need to talk to you about the glass. And the person at reception was like, yeah, I know what's up. And I was like, so that's nuts, right? And she was like, I mean, I'm not naming the hotel because I would you know, love to do an ad for them. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, I was like, um, so that's like so like insane, right? And she was like, blink, blink, like smile. She was smizing. She was like Tiger Bank smizing with mm. her eyes. And I was like, Do all of your hotels have that weird fucked up glass? And she she said like, Yeah. And then I said this to my mom. I said, All their hotels have that same glass. And she was like, Yes, Sarah. I would assume that they would. I wouldn't assume that.
2: Uh, why would they do it intentionally? Like that's why would they do I it intentionally? That, once learn think... from your
1: mistakes. They should be a housewife. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. I went into this hotel once prior during BravoCon to visit some content creator pals, and I do remember thinking to myself, why can I see their bathroom? Like, why can I see, why is there not like a, a non-clear wall there? But maybe... I was confused. It was also during BravoCon. I was like, maybe that hotel was just like that. A couple of rooms. No, it was every room. And it was quite literally clear. It was, I was going clear. I was like, Leah Remini escaping the cult. Gosh. Like, I don't want this.
2: I would bring contact paper with me yes. to a hotel if I knew that was the case. And do my own renovation. Right. That's the only way I could survive.
1: Which, by the way, raises the question that I have. Now, this might be a little bit TMI, but w- truly welcome to Andy's <laughs> Girls, Tom Smythe, also known as Smith. Just kidding. Um, I mean, if if you were staying with a romantic I mean, I was literally with my mom. But if I was not, if I was, God forbid, you know, staying with I can't even name anyone, any number of potential <laughs> lovers, would that bother you if it was like a romantic noting again mm-hmm. for the historical record, it's not just the shower, there's other stuff yeah. going on typically in a bathroom. Famously. Famously in a bathroom.
2: I would find the closest Starbucks mm. and I would make that my second home. And right? anything that needed to be done would would Happen occur there. downstairs, yeah.
1: I mean downstairs in all the ways. All
2: three, yes. <laughs>
1: I was just shaken by it. I really couldn't get it. I couldn't get it out of my um, head. But the, the hotel was lovely. The beds were super comfortable. And we got to do Tobes time. We went to jazz. I went to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. Oh, nice. Not my choose Toby <laughs> chose the theater options. Um and you know, that production is we support Broadway. We mm-hmm. want people to go to see have you seen the show in either iteration, the Beanie uh, era or Leah? Yes,
2: I saw it both. Okay, so please
1: tell me, because you, we have been to the theater before, Mm -hmm. we have seen two iconic productions, one (laughs) of equal stature, one Jessica Chastain in A Doll's House, the other Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang in Las Culturistas' award-winning award show, the Culture (laughs) Awards, this past weekend, Front Row, dare I say. Um, So what was your... Expectation going in, and just to give a little background to the AGs who are who did not follow follow this timeline that I was glued to, literally twenty five eight. Um, Beanie Feldstein, you know, um, accomplished theater and movie actor mm-hmm. performer, you know, America's sweetheart, signed on to star in Funny Girl, which her father uh, also joined as a producer. And um people were very intrigued. I was one of them, very intrigued, <laughs> excited. The reviews came out relatively heavily negative, some more respectful than others. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point in time, Beanie announced she was leaving the show, and then Leah Michelle stepped in. This is, of course, Leah's first return to Broadway after being sort of canceled mm-hmm. for um what uh, was um, found or discovered to be uh, an extensive years long pattern of, um, you could call it verbally abusive mm-hmm. behavior to any number of people on various productions, people that she worked with on TV shows and on Broadway previously, coming forward to discuss incredibly inappropriate behavior, including racially insensitive um, remarks. And she went away for a bit mm-hmm. and is now starring in hello dolly so just to give a little Thunder, background yeah. um yep which was a little full circle for anybody who remember rachel barry's um uh, trip I guess mm-hmm. Je- journey as just well the same thing. just the same thing so this is really just Ryan Murphy is underwriting yeah. all of this we don't know that we're inside of it but we are in fact yeah. inside of a glee uh, additional renaissance um, so anyway so uh, when did you see Beanie was it during previews before the reviews had come out was it after the production was announced this is very exciting to housewives of yours but please guys <laughs> beg my indulgence because I'm fascinated by um,
2: it I, saw, I actually saw Beanie the first night of previews, so the <gasps> very first show, no! which was so interesting because wow. the producers came out before the show started and basically were like, we're not done. Basically, they were like, we don't know that we could even run through the whole show yet. Like, this is very, like, they must have had tech issues that day. So they were really, wow. like, kind of underselling. Um, and then it went off without a hitch. Like, there really wasn't wow. any. And maybe it was because they managed expectations. but. It was pretty much wow great. I love Beanie. I thought she was great. Yeah. Comedically especially. And um like some of her comic choices in it were just beyond and she was shit. I wish so I had seen funny. her.
1: I wanted to see I really honestly wanted to see her yeah. and I couldn't make it happen.
2: And then when I saw Leah, it was sort of like two sides of the same co- like Leah delivered like the vocals of it all. Right. So Seeing both of them, I felt like I got the best version of mm. Funny Girl because I got as funny as it could be and yeah. as vocally strong as it could be. Um, as a show itself, I don't think it's that strong of a show that it could mm-hmm. really go on without like a huge star carrying it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. I was reading one of the reviews. I stay away, like the Leah-specific reviews. I, I read, of course, Friend of the Pod, Kevin... Kevin Fallon of The Daily Beast, um, who's an excellent writer and editor, yes. um, <laughs> covered his experience attending Leah's first performance, which was a oh, yeah. really, really um, great um, piece that you can read at thedailybeast.com um, or dailybeast.com, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but anyway, so I didn't read The New York Times review, I don't think, specifically when they came back to re-review it until after the show. And I thought the thesis there was interesting, which is like, listen – Regardless of what happens between like Beanie and Leah or whatever, and we're focused on Leah right now, it's just not a good book. Like, we all yeah. remember Funny Girl, but we remember it in many ways because of Babs mm-hmm. and also because the music is incredible. But the book of the musical, the, also known as like the script, is tough. And that yep. production is tough.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's tough. But we encourage everyone to go to um, theater. And I also have to say that the other show that we saw, Was the doctor at Park Avenue Armory, which is my favorite place to go to for um, theater in New York. It's on the Upper East Side at an armory. It's this like huge space they do incredibly experimental theater um you will always leave feeling fucked up i've seen any number of shows and it's always like oh my god that's inside of me and (laughs) i can't get it out like it's incredible and uh, which is my uh, my personal favorite kind of theater to see theater that stays with you and challenges you and affects you and Juliet stevenson who's this accomplished british um uh theater actress who's also done, of course, um, TV and film, but is just like one of the best, um, is a doctor who faced a difficult decision um, involving a patient and a priest who wanted to give last rites to said patient, a child, and then just watching all of the resulting chaos that happened as a part of their interaction. And it's Two hours and 45. No, it's actually really, truly three hours long. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. So you could go to Funny Girl and live your best life. And you can also go to the doctor and feel like you're going to die. And I personally. If you want rain on your parade. I mean, if you do (laughs) want rain on your parade. But it was a truly thrilling, thrilling um, production and one that I highly, highly recommend that people mm-hmm. see um, and to support all theater. Anyway, I guess we should talk about Housewives for a second. Just a minute. I suppose. Oh, do you remember when um, Page Six or whomever announced that Luann, or rather Luann announced oh, that Luann yes. was going to star in Chicago? <laughs>
2: yeah. And then didn't. <laughs>
1: and then didn't. And like it literally then never happened. Yeah.
2: I want to see every email between <laughs> Luann's camp and Chicago. <laughs> that happened before she decided i can announce this because she clearly wasn't supposed to and just a moment came to her at the reunion where people were dogging her so much and she needed like something to say an aha mo and she was like maybe it's a little premature but It'll happen and did not.
1: I feel like she was at a (laughs) a cocktail party and like ran into the Weisslers, the producers. And was. they were like, how are you? Who are you? And she was like, I'm me. Who are you? And they were talking about Chicago. Or maybe she saw someone who had just seen Chicago. And they were like, oh, my God, you'd be so great as someone. And she said, oh, you know what? I would be. And so (laughs) I will. And so I am. And that's how that happened. Yeah.
2: That I hope it does happen one day because I think it'll be the I mean. It'll be like the Toaster Oven cookbook, like, will it happen? But I think it'll be so full circle to just have her announce it and then six years later be yeah, like See?
1: Did you see Erica Jane?
2: No. That's one of my greatest. I actually regrets regret not seeing yeah. it.
1: I regret it. I guess I I guess we could have gone. It just slipped through
2: my fingers in a way it that did. I didn't I thought like, Oh I'll see it and then I just didn't I, I was wonder... much like Tom Girardi in that way. Right. <laughs>
1: I wonder if she would come back. I don't think it's a question of them having her because I think the sales would be insane. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe not insane, but good, solid, yeah. maybe. Um, I wonder if she would return. She seemed to really enjoy it. But also she was living her best life, yeah. uh, you know, afforded I by Tom Stealing. So to s- I don't know.
2: To see her in it post-scandal. Yes. Because it is so applicable to the story totally. of Chicago. Totally. I think John Kander just got a lifetime achievement award at the Tonys mm. and I think I forgot who introduced it to him. Oh, I think Lynn Manuel Miranda did, but I think it should have been Erica Jane who presented him. Yeah, I think that would have made a, a lot of sense. Tony.
1: <laughs> a lot of sense. And you know what I do want to see Erica Jane um, I, what I want to see most of Erica Jane is Erica Jane um talking off script because oh, that's yes. always worked to her benefit. <laughs> when we just watch Erica Jane share how she really feels, there's never been a time that that hasn't been just a total home run. Oh, definitely. so I can only imagine for a scriptless Tony's, um, how that would have gone off. Did you see Candy? Did you see Candy in was she Candy was in Chicago in yes. Chicago? or did you see her Tony nominated play? um the piano
2: lesson I yes. think it was this one i didn't see no i didn't see either unfortunately but i think i will have an opportunity to see a candy Bird's production soon because mm. i don't see her stopping until she has the tony
1: i honestly i love this chapter of candy because it feels like she's in full not that she wasn't pers- prior but to see her step into her full power as a producer right. knowing the kind of work and financial investment involved in producing and being above the title like it's just incredible to see and so deserved I did see the piano lesson I thought it was a great haunting big production like I I think I got teary at the end of the first act because it ended in such this like shocking way that you didn't mm-hmm. know what was going to happen that I was like ah, oh my god and it was i mean she deserves the caduce she didn't win the tony itself she is though i think going to i think it's just a Mm -hmm. matter of time i do think that she is going to figure out like uh, the winning production to get it i mean and her choices so far have been incredible so Mm -hmm. i I could totally see it in her future
3: yeah
1: um and that was one of those instances where she was paired up with todd and it worked well i think Mm -hmm. even though i have Truly no inside information and all I know is that they did it together, but like, great, good for them. Um, I feel like this is a pretty good transition into Atlanta, though. Um, You know, there's a lot to discuss about the energy and also the quote unquote plot What's your feeling about Atlanta so far? What was your expectation going into this season? What kind of relationship do you think that you have with Atlanta? Any of the, answering <laughs> any of the seven questions yeah. I just posed would be phenom.
2: I feel like right now Atlanta is having a weird season. It's mm. not necessarily great or bad or anything. Like it just feels like the vibes are in an odd spot. And I was thinking about why that is, and I feel like a. I think the cast is too small, and B, I think that not it doesn't feel like it's happening in the present. It feels like the stories that we're seeing are, in the case of Marlowe versus Candy, happening in the past because it's something that's a very old story that was from from years prior that is now coming back up. And it makes sense why it's coming back up, but it just doesn't feel super current in that way. And then on the other hand, I feel like the other big story of the season will will be um, Drew and Ralph breaking up, which feels like is happening in the future because we're not there yet. So we're Such just a good seeing point. kind of a build to that. And then it leaves the like present moment kind of lacking in a weird way. So it feels like we're in this limbo.
1: I mean, it feels like the the title of Atlanta so far could be the present tense because there mm. is this feeling of tension that exists i think in exactly what you're saying i don't know i think i'm in the minority on this and god bless everyone who disagrees because i can totally understand it and i wish i were you but the drew and ralph thing is so uninteresting to me because i've always thought he was or for a long time have thought he was like toxic and bad so the fact that they're getting divorced is like like, the fact that we're leading up to that is like, well, I feel like we've been leading up to that before Drew recognized it. So yeah. it doesn't feel like there's a lot there. I feel bad for not feeling connected to it, but I have to be honest and say that I'm not.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like, I think the one interesting thing about it is that they're, if we didn't know that was coming, this is the happiest we've ever seen them together. And that's very weird because in past seasons, it's like, oh, yeah, they're about to get divorced any minute. And then this season, they literally are. But you wouldn't know that otherwise, because now they're all buddy-buddy instead of, you know, no more Lunchables.
1: Well, then, I mean, if the, you know, mission of no more Lunchables, if the mission of A.G. is normalize changing your mind based on new information, that to me actually, (laughs) this is how quickly I can change my mind. This is why I love A.G., Because like the idea that maybe they were there was the last burst of energy before mm-hmm. it all fell apart. That would be interesting to me if there was an awareness after the fact, which maybe will be a point of conversation on the reunion or maybe not, that they were both aware or he was aware or she was aware that it was ending and that mm-hmm. this was just like a part of a making it nice on camera or yeah. is that just like what I don't know or maybe they really were feeling it and then it all yeah. just kind of fell apart
2: I don't know if Drew respectfully has oh, that's has either her either way has her wits about her enough to be so calculated in terms of like making it nice Drew feels like she breezes into every scene that she's in and is like oh I'm on a tv show like <laughs> <laughs> Like I and I she love gives that about kindergartner. Her. She does yes. give me a little kindergartner. She gives me wh- the thing I like about Drew is that she reminds me of Porsche's early seasons.
1: Oh my god! Wow! Wow! Where, wow! Where she's wow. like, which I'm
2: actually rewatching currently. Those wow. like five season five, okay. season six, and wh- what the
1: Cordell era? Oh no, post Cordell,
2: and then a little post Cordell where she was like um, 265 days a year. The Underground Railroad. Oh, they god, need a that was tough. someone's driving the train, like those yeah. types of moments where i i see that glimmer in in drew's eye Mm. and that i appreciate just because just on a character level but yeah the ralph i'm glad we're coming to a head with the ralph of it all because i i am interested to see what single drew brings to the table the same way that you know, there was a shift when Portia became single after Cordell.
1: The thing that's a really interesting point. The thing with Drew that I have to be honest and say still drives me up a fucking tree <laughs> is Drew turning to Sonia. I forget if it was on the reunion or watch what happens or both and saying to her at a certain point, like if your husband wants to have a baby, you just have to give it to him because if you don't, he's going to fuck someone else, but which do you know what's so funny? I'll never Portia get Portia said
2: that exact same thing in season five. Or season six. To who they were like on a bus, and they were talking about how many times a week they have sex with their husbands. And Portia literally—it's so funny that you say that. Portia literally said, "If uh, well, if you know, if you're only doing it once a week, and and he strays, well, then there's some fault on you." And everyone Uh, jumped down her throat, of course. But yeah, it's there's a parallel there that I keep coming back to. (laughs) Which hopefully that means that Drew will then have a redemption arc, the way that Portia did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, they should be that That is always the benefit to continuing to watch because I think for some people who sort of stop that process or disconnect from someone, especially if they disagree with a person's opinion and that could include being offended by it, you potentially miss out on seeing growth, mm-hmm. and hopefully, as a part of that, we grow enough to understand that like hopefully Portia doesn't feel that way anymore mm-hmm. um With the Drew stuff, I would be curious to hear if she's changed her mind because the reality is maybe she hasn't. Like maybe this is a belief that she has. It was just so, I just felt like it was just so unfortunate and frustrating and cringe to watch because it was the idea that being a a good wife in Mm -hmm. quotes means adhering to your husband's Um, opinion or needs especially it's truly, not even when, but like especially when they come into conflict with your own, mm-hmm. which I just think the messaging around that is something that a lot of people still continue to feel, and it's very easy for me to say this, not having a husband, because Pedro, my um, <laughs> my long term love, Pedro Pascal, is on. He just ran out for some errands. You just missed him before you got here. I think he's he on the street. Did he you was see going him? To CBS. Yeah, 100. Yeah. <laughs> that he was just grabbing me just some stuff that I mm-hmm. needed, just some like more Gatorade Zero and, you know, just more of a love potion number nine that I needed to put in his coffee every night. But, um, yeah, I just feel like the, the dynamic there with Drew, maybe this shows a little bit of my thinking in just, like, assuming that she would not believe this anymore. Mm-hmm. But that might truly not be the case. I mean, maybe that's just an assumption that I have, that, like, surely... Since we know this relationship has fallen apart, (laughs) that it's not, should not always be up to the woman to bear the brunt of a relationship ending because of an expectation that it was because of something she didn't give her man, Mm -hmm. which is complicated and toxic, I think, (laughs) personally.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's, that conversation almost feels like it's been in the fiber of, probably multiple of the of this series within the franchise but because i'm rewatching atlanta it does feel like that comes up every once in a while and there is this kind of pattern of when you're in it you might feel that way and then when you're out of it you you know there's a a shift and you look at things with clearer eyes
1: yeah i mean look at vicky and brooks it took her how many years to be like oh maybe he's not great like maybe he was filling my love tank with like the absolute wrong kind of gasoline (laughs) and we've seen that countless times on New Jersey I mean I think Teresa still holds on to a lot of ethos not even about uh, about all kinds of relationships romantic or not the way that some of those cast members have talked about um sexual harassment is very Mm -hmm. concerning to me the idea that I just wouldn't stand for it so a man would never approach me in that way because I I know who I am too well, which is like this incredibly simplistic view of an often complicated dynamic. And I should maybe turn that a little on myself because marriage is incredibly complicated. And so to our, the comp is the complicated understanding that people genuinely just might have different views of what this thing is. Um, I would be curious to see how Drew presents it. And also maybe this is me being like a dum-dum, but like Do we think that Ralph is going to be at the reunion? They're getting a divorce. It does not seem to be amicable.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't.
1: Did I just assume he would be there?
2: I honestly not. a. That seems like kind of a fair assumption just because he's so happy to be around the camera. Yeah. (laughs) It's. Yeah. I feel like it's not out of the question, but yeah, I guess that could go either way.
1: I wonder what, I mean, I don't think that she has a lot of say in that. I wonder what yeah. her response to that would be. Yeah, that would be. I mean, because the, the crazy part of it is like, it's not bad for her when it comes mm-hmm. to being on the show to have maybe a moment yeah. on the reunion.
2: I mean, Vanderpump did it when Sheena got divorced. They, they brought Shay out.
1: Oh, my God, I have been chaotically choosing random fucking episodes of EPR, truly random, <laughs> and a bunch of different reunions out of order. And the way I was so confused and bewildered by Sheena Shay putting on makeup when Mike Shay, also known as Shay Shay, mm-hmm. came out and she was just like adjusting her makeup. And I remember at first I was like, "What the fuck is she doing?" And rewatching that, I'm like, "Oh my God, she was." had so much anxiety, like oh yeah. Jesus, she needed to hold on to something yeah. physically and have something to do. But that was a tough Oof. reunion dynamic.
2: Yeah, there were some dark days.
1: Yeah, and her being like, Oh, also, um, I'm fucking Rob Valletta. Yeah. Madison you know. Marie Parks Valletta's father. Madison Marie <laughs> Parks Valletta. A dream. What yeah. that could have been. Thank God it wasn't meant to be.
2: Now I can use it for my daughter's name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly i would you know what pk jr may his memory be a blessing paul kemsley kemsley galley left mm. us um easter weekend of this year my beloved fish son and that would not be a bad name for a fish i'm thinking That's about true. it i mean that would yeah. not be a bad name for a fish
2: i would be between madison marie parks Valletta or heather page kent <laughs> sitcom star of the stars
1: why this was so we need to go back to atlanta but just yes, to like that. pivot for one second why did the editors in this week's orange county why did they do like the oldest credits from the 90s carly. why did they do like
2: <laughs> fucking... unaired cbs <laughs> pilot carly you know, Carly. Remember the unaired CBS pilot?
1: <gasps> Why didn't they do fucking what was it? C- Orange County, Malibu yeah, Country. Yeah, Malibu Country. Orange she was on County. Hot in
2: Cleveland, famously. Right. Like, it was the Jenny McCarthy sitcom, I think. And Car- oh, multiple times. Maybe I made that up. No, I no, think
1: that, it, I think that's right. I just forgot that Jenny McCarthy had a sitcom, and now I'm confused. Okay, yeah. And
2: um, and Carly, which they've showed twice now this season. I Carly. It Me,
1: was, Carly. Yeah, yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, why did Heather... I feel like this came directly from Heather in an email to producers saying, use this credit and
1: because headshot. she was the star maybe and not i a bet that's star? what it
2: was i bet she was carly
1: sweetie i don't know if you were an annie in like the 70s or what i don't remember when annie happened but if you were an annie and you were like annie in the seventies, versus like being somebody else in Annie. i can't think of anything more recent i would yeah. do more recent because it also, shows that you're still working yeah
2: but also it would be if annie was only a workshop and never went to the stage that's, true. That's the equivalent of yeah. it being an She went with pilot. Carrie
1: the musical, and she could have <laughs> yes. gone with Annie, yeah. but she went with Carrie, which was such a choice, <laughs> such a choice. Okay, wait, can we just shift back to Atlanta yes, one sir. more, and then we're going to hopscotch? I'm very into this journey, mm-hmm. by the way. The Marlowe and Candy yeah. dynamic. How are you feeling about it? Certainly a tench, tense <laughs> tense, Gucci brunch. Mm-hmm. I, as a vegetarian, also would have ordered the lobster, by the way. It looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Haven't had seafood or meat in over 20 <laughs> years, but I was like, hello. Um, how do you feel about this whole dynamic and conflict? Like, What's your diagnosis of it? What's your understanding?
2: I feel like it's really tough because... These are two fighters who are operating with a totally, totally different sets of weapons and how they react to things. So, so I interesting. think that Marlo is, is fighting at her level and Candy is fighting at her level and those are not compatible. So Marlo can do something to Candy and in her head think, oh, I could bounce back from this. It's whatever. But from Candy's perspective, I don't think it's easy for Candy to bounce back from this conflict like I think Candy could very easily just like cut Marlo out because of this whereas Marlo is like oh this is just a petty fight and we'll be good by the reunion
1: but the problem with that is that the the construct of the fight is like the least petty thing ever Marlo is saying you did not support me when my nephew was murdered who you also had a relationship with because he worked for one of your establishments like Mm -hmm. It's it is both the weaponry a person can use in battle, um, noting that Marlowe did attempt to deescalate by walking out, which I thought was like positive because yeah. um, it felt like to me, Kenya was trying to trigger her. I mean, mm-hmm. LOL. Obviously, that was <laughs> happening. She was coughing on. She was choking on bullshit. But um, the actual the actual battlefield itself it's like candy is like fuck you I'm not going to step foot on that like it's just I don't know where to place my feelings about it because I think essentially candy's thesis statement about this is you are only talking about this to look for something that works on tv Mm -hmm. like I think candy is saying like you don't believe this this is only happening because of TV. And not only do I find it offensive, but I don't think it's real. And mm-hmm. Marlo's perspective, if we're assuming this is something that really truly wounded her emotionally, is like, I didn't feel supported in the way that I was looking for. It. But then I, you know, texted you a couple of days later about cameo. Like, I guess she yeah. decided to move on from it. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that this is real I know that's it feels incredibly insensitive but I just I don't know how to unpack it it's like just ti- get it into Marlo's motivations
2: the, the timeline of it is where things get weird because it's so far after the fact so even though there is that kind of I guess somewhat organically or even a little bit came back up because of the current situation yeah but it does feel Weird still because it happened so long ago. So it's, I, I don't think it's completely. I feel like Mar- Marlo has real feelings about this, but mm. she was keeping them in her pocket mm-hmm. deliberately. Like, in case of emergency, break glass. I have this storyline if I need to use it.
1: And also, maybe I have this feeling if I need yes. to share yeah, it. Yeah.
2: And I feel like Candy really sees it as the. Oh, she's breaking glass for the mm-hmm. storyline and Marlo does have real feelings about it. But I think the the like unforgivable sin from Candy's perspective is that it is something that harms her business and harms her reputation because now she's attached to I mean the whole the whole season is about the shootings at her Shooting restaurants now. Or incidents. Yes, the incident the one incident and then connecting it to this other one. So right. it all kind of gets muddled and now it's just I mean, even Sheree's line about, you don't know if you're going to get biscuits or bullets oh at, at the beginning. So it's Yikes. like, Candy is hyper aware that like, okay, great, now everyone's talking about this and now this is the conversation and this is. So I feel like that cuts super deep for Candy. And Marlo is someone who feels as though she can cut deep and be cut deep and still forge ahead. Like when she she did it to Kenya and she feels like, Okay, I could still exist on the show, whereas I think other people kind of know where the line is, how far Mm. they can go while still like making the show work. And I feel like this flirts with disaster.
1: And I also would wonder in Candy's head, like she explicitly said to that producer, we're not talking about it. When the producer, Mm -hmm. when she was at lunch with Todd, I think at Blaze... Um, and the producer was like, so are you going to talk about it? And she was like, no, or or he said, no, one of them, one or both of them said, no, we're not going to discuss this because it's a legal situation. Mm -hmm. So I would wonder if I was candy and maybe this is a little too paranoid on my part, but I would wonder the, a number of ways that Marlo has referenced this and in referencing it explicitly talked about the shooting that had just occurred Mm -hmm. at whatever point in time at one of candy's restaurants or outside it or whatever. I would wonder if I was Candy, it was Marlo, you know, nudged along to connect those dots by someone else who wanted this other thing discussed. Because yeah. and also if even if it was only only Marlo saying it, that it was Marlo maybe feeling it. I, I really don't know the fact that it's being connected. Mm-hmm. is tough it's like because i was when this thing happened it's like well candy doesn't want that thing being referenced so i think you lose her right at that moment but on top of it you're saying that she didn't go- do a, a good job of supporting you or of even responding or something which is very complicated
2: mm-hmm. yeah i feel like marlo I mean, what? this is only her second season full-time, right? Oh, God, it feels feels so much longer. (laughs) She's been with
1: us for so long. It's a little exhausting, I got to tell you. Yeah. It's intense.
2: It's a different type of seeing her navigate this as a peach holder. It's a different breed. It's like she really kind of operates within the space differently than the other housewives.
1: And that was always, I think that was in some ways, I think the part of the concern that maybe Team Bravo had, Mm -hmm. not just about like, how is Marlo going to talk about work, money stuff, dating stuff? Because there's been whispers around that. But also, can she exist in a place that does not feel so big which I know Mm -hmm. sounds odd because you would want that potentially in a housewife I mean how many housewives are exceedingly larger than life but that's not really what they I think would be getting at in having that conversation it's just like she can bring things sometimes to a grinding halt and I think we saw that last season it just got too it was too much and to me felt like extremely intense in a way that is difficult to watch because you don't feel the humor in some of this the way that you do with others like she can she jabs in a way that is very 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 sharp Mm -hmm. but also she's on a show with like you know some all-stars here of sometimes really Mm -hmm. really cutting jabs I mean Kenya is often the queen of Mm -hmm. going very 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 hard so I don't know where to kind of position it yeah. I don't it's just it's it's a really tough dynamic it doesn't make me feel great in any way to try to unpack because I don't want to be i I like genuinely like don't want to be disrespectful to Marlo and talk you know because mm-hmm. she's suffered such a loss yeah. I just find myself really confused by it
2: I think if the cast was a little bigger it wouldn't yeah. take up so much oxygen it wouldn't take up so much focus because I feel I I think the cast is strong, but it just needs a little bit more to round it out so that because when it is so small, it it limits the dynamics, but it also really centers things that should maybe, you know, we could could maybe zoom out on it and it would be a little bit better if there were other things going on to complement it instead of it being like the sole centerpiece of the season.
1: Paris is always a good idea, and when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon, chic, c'est la vie, je m'appelle the Countess, n'est-ce pas, Luann. And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravo-holic for other matters of life, That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is, looking for Duranda on the Upper East Side, Astapro always has my back, That's happymammoth.com and use the code Girls for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Whey. Whey's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with... Wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet, and that's why I love ways anti-frizz cream, because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And PS, I am way obsessed with Whey's other bestsellers. They're leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz-free up your schedule with Whey. Go to T-H-E. O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. How do you feel about the other members of the cast? Like, how do you feel about Sonya, for example, in Candy's words, translating what Marlo was saying to Candy in that moment, which obviously Candy wasn't thrilled with?
2: Sonya is interesting because I'm not 100% how I feel with her as a housewife. I feel like more weight could be pulled. And again, I think it is the small cast thing where because it's only six, she really has to do more. Whereas if it were a fuller cast, she could be more so like the Eileen Davidson on Mm. the, you know, on the fringe and pop in and out and and not be expected to do so much. Um, But I do think she has found a a more compelling role as that, like, in-between person Mm -hmm. trying to make some kind of bridge um, between the two of them. But even that feels not like the most organic thing in the world like it just is kind of like she's there because someone has to be it's you know tough work but someone's got to do it
1: yeah I mean this is where I'm just like you know I watched the last episode I rewatched it today and I'm like god I'm really just so happy Sheree is there oh my god I just need someone who is like bringing with it some like fun je ne sais Mm -hmm. quoi like the way that she was just (laughs) even talking at the brunch and encapsulating the end of like Four to three to seven or whatever, like that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. <laughs> like her delivery is just like enjoyable, and that's what I look for in Atlanta. Because yeah. I mean, I know that Sonya's the Olympian, but these are Olympians of humor and and conflict and mm-hmm. drama. But all this other stuff, I just feel like the humor has been missing a little bit, and I don't yeah. know how to figure that out.
2: And Atlanta otherwise has been one of the funniest franchises
1: it's like tr- quite literally one of the best fr- house- yeah. franchise franchises of all time it's it just quite literally is. yeah
2: and and just the humor i think what sets it apart humor wise is that largely unlike some of the other shows when these women are funny they know they're funny yes whereas some of the other shows it's mm. like oh they're funny but they don't realize it we do right but no like remember porsche's last few seasons i was like this is lucille ball level mm humor that she's just doling out like and knows full well that she's killing it Mm. and yeah we're lacking that this year i feel like besides sheree
1: i couldn't finish girls trip um because i really just thought it was a bad season in and of itself and then when giselle um never once nor has she still apologized for making a um, deeply (laughs) anti-Semitic remark on her podcast that required page six talking about it for her to actually remove it um and by her I mean her and Robin Mm -hmm. uh to have it removed from their episode so I was like I think I'm good (laughs) I don't really need to talk about this anymore they don't care about me I'm gonna care a lot less about Mm -hmm. content around them but um so, like, I didn't get to see the full story arc around Portia on Girls Trip. Mm-hmm. So, but prior to that, I was, you know, really interested in her returning potentially. How do you feel about that possibility? And do you think it's realistic?
2: Um, I don't know if it's realistic because she seems so content doing whatever she's doing. With Simon. Yeah, I would love it. I think that it would be, like, a jolt to the show and, like, yeah. what the show Needs, I think, like, is some heavy hitters coming in to round it yeah. out. Um, but she's so good. She was just on Watch What Happens Live with, um, oh,
1: shit I need to see it. Who is she uh, with?
2: I think it was Charay.
1: Was it? And,
2: yeah, and it was the two of them. And there was, they asked her a question about Girls Trip, and it was some of the funniest. Shit. They, oh, <laughs> I need to see it. Andy asks her, like, Oh, do you think it was a question from an audi- audience member being like, After so-and-so do you think you need to apologize um to leah and and candace about whatever whatever and she deadpan goes you know what i really i really do i have to apologize (laughs) i haven't been able to sleep for weeks i've been so upset about it oh my god and And
1: andy's probably confused they're
2: both yeah he's confused Sheree's like oh that's nice and then andy's (laughs) like and then she's smiling and andy's like no i think she's being serious and she's like me
1: no I'm I'm
2: I'm I'm sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry for them like it was so funny fuck
1: I would be into her coming back and you know why because and I feel like it's just the thing that sometimes we pull from in a place of like both desperation but also self-care of like oh if I'm not liking this season who could I use as my like spiritual like you know point of contact of like but I know what would make this a lot better (laughs) and then I can look forward to it um The Portia of it all, God, the way that she has become, I think, like really friendly with Candy. I just, anything is possible. And to see the way that they're, the difficulties around that relationship and dynamic and the way that they've found connection with each other, I think is amazing. And I also... Even though I know it's difficult to sustain, really, really, really loved when Portia and Kenya were bonding over being parents mm-hmm. and new moms and just that whole process. I thought it was really lovely to see. And I don't know if they if that can be sustained long term. Yeah. Like I don't know, but I would be curious to watch it.
2: Yeah, she hit such a great stride her like last couple of seasons, especially. Mm-hmm. And so it was that's part of the reason it was such a bummer when she. Left because it was like the golden age of Portia.
1: Oh God, she really was. I mean, like I want to say, like Time or somebody. Like somebody was like this person is like incredibly important. Mm -hmm. She had so many feature. I want to say the Times did a big feature. I mean, oh yeah,
2: because she was protesting. Yeah, she was was the Times,
1: right? It was. She's just done so much incredible social good, Mm -hmm. and um, God, she's so fucking charismatic. She's so funny and so yeah. charismatic and I I really would be curious for it. But also I don't know I didn't watch her spinoff. I Me heard either. that was a fucking shit show and maybe put a pause on some people feeling like, oh she should be back and then they were like, maybe not. Like mm-hmm. so I don't know I don't know where she sees herself and I think she is really happy in her relationship and in her marriage, mm-hmm. which is great, but yeah, also not I would like her to be back on Bravo. That would be lovely. Yeah. Um, but listen, there are some entrances and exits happening on Orange County, quite a lot going on. What's of your, what's your sense of things with, you know, Tamra, Heather, Page, Kent, <laughs> Shan, your reaction to this season so far.
2: I love this season so Do far. You? I'm so into it. I oh my never God. thought I would see the day where I would be like the oh. best show on Bravo's or last house of counter. <laughs> I am obsessed with this season. Maybe I feel as like,
1: of like quite literally this week.
2: Yeah, like what three episodes. Oh yeah, because certain shows stopped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like they hit a really good balance cast wise. I feel like mm. every I'm happy with every cast member. I feel like they're very strong. Um I think that uh, Tamara's return is great. I feel like the three newbies, technically, the return of Tamara, the the kind of introduction of Taylor into a different city, and the complete newbie, Jen, are so interesting to me because it's three very different situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have T- Tamara who's an expert of the form, coming back and coming back like hard, really... Knowing, Hard. yeah, like she's here to work and she's putting in the work and doing it. Um, but in a way that isn't too on the like, I feel like Tamara's good at balancing, like, I am putting in the work, but it's I'm trying not to make it look like work too much. And then you have Taylor who's like coming in vying for an orange, seemingly like putting in the work that way. Mm. And then Jen, as a newbie, I really like because she's not sweaty, like, she's coming in kind of doe eyed, like oh okay here I am like I have this really compelling weird story but I'm not like hustling to be like I'm a celebrity now like look at me look at my one-liners like she's very much like a lamb in lamb's clothing to me
1: yeah and then Heather in the span of probably episodes will do I'm a celebrity I'm a celebrity (laughs) get me out of here like there will be that moment where she is actively trying to escape um The Jen dynamic is interesting to me because I really loved hearing how involved Tamra and Jen have been in each other's lives because we don't typically get that with a new housewife we typically get like oh we're friends because um producers were like can you grab copy with each other <laughs> yeah. so we can give um her a reason to be a part of this friend circle that's connected with someone yeah. who's existing and so it was cool to hear the ways that they know each other but i was like oh sweetie jen like you you don't know this tamra when during <laughs> yeah. the cocktail party tamra was like come on be honest <laughs> Like, you were fucking the guy that you were cheating on your husband with who's yeah. at this event. Like, just just share that <laughs> happened. And I'm, yeah, I'm gesturing toward the camera essentially as I'm saying it. But yeah. come on, Jen, be on. Like, be real. And it's just j- us. It's just us. <laughs> it's just us, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we're just right here. We're just chatting. Like, Jen's expression of, Are you doing this to
2: yeah, me? Yeah, she's truly taken aback. Like, yeah. when Gina um tried to pit her and Tamara against each other yeah. over Instagram. Jen was like a deer in headlights. She couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah, Tamara was gracious enough to like cut her some slack because she knew it was an unfair fight. Like it was very interesting to see her. She's one where it does feel like she was thrown to the wolves Mm. and is like, whoa.
1: Which I'm not against. Oh, yeah. I also think Jen is really interesting because I feel like I've seen her on this show so many times Mm because she looks like... The Everyone. prototype of an Orange County Real Housewife, which I am also really into because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I and how uh, you would behave. And I have nothing against it. I, I'm like, yeah, she fits like yeah. it just feels it feels right. And also, you know, there's elements of this that to me feel um, a little bit off. I think Tamara is I don't know if this is emotional stuff because of cut or other stuff, but it it does feel like she's on 1.5 right now. I mean, mm-hmm. Tamara at one is a lot. So yeah. like when she gets like 1.3, 1.32, I'm like, ooh, it's a little, it's a little much. Some, like the yeah. Shannon stuff. And you guys know how I feel about Shannon. <laughs> I love her, my queen, my broken bird. Mm-hmm. I, I love her so much. Okay, tweet, tweet. Yep. <laughs> um, Or tweet, tweet. <laughs> I, I just, I love her so much. And I just am a little concerned for her. And the, yeah. the, you know, position she's in where she, uh, where Tamara shits on her and then is like, I'm sorry. And Shannon's like, okay, I guess I have to accept this. And they're in this weird, maybe unhealthy dynamic.
2: Yeah, yeah it's honestly, after all this time, I want Shannon's tagline to just be, do you know what, Tamara? Because <laughs> I feel like I've heard that line from her a million times. Oh, and it's no. like in her voice is burned into my brain. Um. But they're good at like, that's one thing where I'm yeah. like, Tamara's such a good producer that she, she knows is. how to
1: trigger hit her. and then come
2: back yeah. and still be like good. And then they can build something like that's a, <sighs> a gift, but it's tough for Shannon.
1: It's a gift and a curse. Yes. It's a gift for Tamara and a curse for Shan. And yeah. this is like Shannon Groundhog Day where she's like, this person is mean to me yet again. And mm-hmm. yet again, I'm in a position where I feel like I can't drag it out or and maybe I don't want to. But it's just, it can be tough. But also Shannon is like, the thing that I love about her is that like, she's so out to lunch that it's like apologies to Jen sharing a very um, vulnerable conversation about mm-hmm. her family on that boat, and Shannon being like, "Oh my God!" It's like, it's <laughs> I just, just like, gonna... it's just like she's a, la- she is the dog from Up. Like, she just <laughs> is so scattered. And I literally have that stuffed animal I produced off Broadway, and I told my mom and brother came to see this production, and I said, "I don't want flowers. I want the dog stuffed animal from Up that you press <laughs> it and it says something." And mm-hmm. I have it quite literally on my bed right now. And maybe that's why I love Shannon because I yeah. see her every night. <laughs> <laughs> on my pillow yes.
2: i this week i think this really just sums up shannon in like tr- the, a 20 second scene where john had her climb out of the car oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> over the center console circ to Cirque de
1: San- just, to just, shannon yeah. Cirque de
2: it was golden i want her make her balance on something every episode Make her like stand yes. on one leg because I could watch that for 44 minutes.
1: I think that for is just standing up. Yeah. Like we yeah. get that right now. Yeah. Like we get I just she's so she has no center of balance yeah. in literally any part of her. And I love that so much. And she's also so dry. And I don't know if you listen to Jeff Lewis live at all. Occasionally. I am literally obsessed with it. Um, and I'm friendly with, um, some of the people, some of the chumps. Um, but I just have to say that when Shannon is on, it's just, it goes from zero to a (laughs) hundred so quickly because she'll go from like crying and being upset about john and like you know dating and being Mm -hmm. alone or whatever and then she's talking about like sex and other stuff and she just kind of like tiptoes in backwards into it and then i think she likes it even though she's like no i can't what are you doing it's just like she's everywhere she's everything everywhere all at once 100 percent.
2: it's so entertaining she's like one of those people as you were saying like having a point of it that you could always turn to yes her solo scenes you're in for it like when they said oh we're doing hot yoga in the park and here's <laughs> shannon walk on i sat down i said here we morning, are <laughs> here we are this is the moment i paused i popped popcorn i said oh. this is gonna be a ride and it was
1: how has she not been on girls Trip?
2: It's crazy. They ch- ch- tried to get her for the last one, like, super last Oh, I'm minute. so glad that she wasn't, yeah, though, because that would what have, a waste a good of a girl's trip. Yeah. She
1: needs a good one. They can't be arguing about tequila. Also, Shannon would have just drank the entire tequila in front of Giselle being like, and what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it, sweetie? This yeah. is my appetizer. I'm not even at the entree yet. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. I, I want to see. I don't know. Girl's trip. I know that I know that people loved season two, mm-hmm. and God bless him for that, but I... Yeah. And I connected to it. It was, it was great. I would watch it again right now. Maybe we should. But um, <laughs> season one to me was like so great because they were celebrating be- being stars, I guess, and yeah. were really open and vulnerable with each other yeah. about production. It didn't feel like there was as much conflict and battle. I I, I would rather tension than active conflict on Girl's Trip yeah. or maybe just more of a mix of that. I don't know that that's possible.
2: Yeah, my favorite part about... Girls Trip is the the breaking of the unapologetic breaking of the fourth wall because I feel like that is such interesting story that hasn't been mined because Mm -hmm. they have this rule so we have to like read between the lines of Mm -hmm. okay well you're saying that like we have to infer that they're mad because it's on camera whereas Girls Trip you could really get into it and I hope with the um the Rony Girls Trip situation that's happening yes I hope they really lean into breaking the fourth wall because. I think the, the most compelling part of Legacy Roni mm. is all of the behind-the-scenes dynamics because they all have strong opinions about who got who on the show, who got fired because of why. I'm sure they all have strong opinions about whose fault it was that the show failed, mm-hmm. and I want to hear them get into all of that on this trip
1: yeah i think they would unfortunately have gotten into it more potentially if jill was in the cast know, jill same. and dorinda together yeah, i mean because
2: we got some of that with that season we of did Trip where they were like you wouldn't film with me because of the, like yeah jill i don't know what jill did to bravo you As would think she money. sent them yeah hate yeah in the mail <laughs> like truly the way that they will not engage with her they will not
1: no they're mad at her now yeah
2: and i feel like it's been a long time like she really burned the bridge now but even before girl strip season two like that was a big shift because before that they sometimes they'd have her on they wouldn't even give her a Chiron, uh like a name thing at the bottom if she was like in the background of a scene like there's a story there
1: (laughs) yeah the lower third should be like friend of the show like you don't have to say dorinda's friend you could say like Friend of the show because yes. she was a part of the original yes. cast. Like Jill's never going to get her due because she self-sabotages mm-hmm. herself into making sure that happens. And yes. <laughs> to a certain extent, she sh- could consider herself fortunate to have been filming on the show again, even in cameo form and doing Girl Trip after secretly recording a taping of yeah. Watch What Happened 700 Years Ago because she <laughs> didn't trust the edit. Mm-hmm. And then obviously... Telling too many people about that because the fact that we know that that happened is insane.
2: That's where she went wrong. (laughs) Was the telling?
1: Yeah, I think she and I are similar in that way. Where it's like, guess what I did? That's really crazy. (laughs) Let me tell forty people about it, and then I'm going to turn around and Annie's going to be right there. And the
2: best part is that she's then like she'll do all of this, and then she's like, I don't know what I did. I know. I don't know what I did, but they don't like me. And it's I know (laughs) funny, but it's like they hire these people to be crazy. And then when they're crazy, sometimes they're like, whoa, what's going on? And it's like, that's the job description. Like you yeah. wanted a crazy person. So
1: You're unhappy that she's method. You're unhappy yeah, that yes. she's really this way. You, you thought it was just in front of the kid. You thought that there was enough of an understanding of the business of it. But when the business is this person's brain, like who they yeah. are, why are we expecting them to behave differently? Because mm-hmm.
2: they should? Like, how's that yeah. going to work? That's one of my big things about the housewives is that every time something crazy, I'm always like, I cannot believe that there was once a world in which these women just walked amongst us and we didn't know. Can't believe it. That like, there was not a place for them to, to channel all <laughs> yeah. of this. And Real
1: life wasn't enough.
2: Yeah. And it's like, and Bravo can't, can only hold so many people, mm. so many crazy people.
1: <laughs> so there are... People are out there who should be here. In front of yeah. Who should be here waste in the of office. talent. I know.
2: I need Andy and a camera <laughs> in front of at least a third of of this city, let alone any other.
1: I mean, it's kind of amazing that we started the episode by talking about musical theater, because the idea in musical theater is often that you begin to sing when words when just speaking out words aren't mm-hmm. enough. Yes. And so maybe Bravo has become that for a certain kind <laughs> of woman. Like me being wild and Often out of sorts in real life isn't Mm -hmm. enough. Bravo is the language that I have that I was born to speak. It was the role I was destined (laughs) to play.
2: Yeah, some of the it's just too good of a fit where it's like you can't imagine one without the other. You can't imagine the woman without the camera, and you can't imagine the camera without the woman.
1: (laughs) I really can't. I, I can't. I cannot imagine a world in which I see Jill Zarin at our beloved, bougie Upper East Side grocery store where I have seen her before in a fur when I go in specifically to get a certain kind of olive and then leave because everything (laughs) is a million dollars. And then I just see her being extra and like incredible. And I'm like, oh my God, I know her because she's Jill Zarin. As opposed to like, that is one of many women that I Mm -hmm. see throughout the day. Like these phenomenal, specific personalities.
2: That's like page six now is our really main view into the legacy cast and mm. their antics like when that lady threw up on Luann the first thought at her cabaret show one of the audience members threw up on Luann
1: i don't think i remember that
2: oh this was a couple months ago and
1: it wasn't luann throwing up on Luann no
2: luann was performing and someone in the wow. audience got so excited that they threw up on her and this story excited, was excited quote unquote <laughs> yes <excited. laughs> she, was, she
1: was she was just excited she yeah. had had a couple yeah. rounds said, of excitement yeah
2: i'm drinking luann but... <laughs> um but so this was like story in page six and then some cell phone footage came out but my first thought is like and cameras weren't up and cameras weren't up and we've lost this now like we've lost the plot if this if we're allowing this to happen a stranger threw up on countess louis and a professional camera crew wasn't there to capture it like what else what else are we missing
1: okay i feel really bad and i'm trying to i'm trying to make this not happen. I'm really trying to unwork my brain. This mm-hmm. needs to come up in therapy next week. The, co- the CBT cognitive Beh- behavioral therapy, we need to do like CBT, CBD, like, or DBT, <laughs> CBT, DB, whatever potato, potato, let's yeah. call it a day, like copay plus plus. But I, I really, I need to be able to process and move forward from the fact that Real Housewives of New York Season fourteen or one is soon upon us, and Luann is not going to be a part of it. And I think that's totally great. How excited people are, and I am also excited. And <laughs> she said that like <laughs> winking awkwardly. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great new chapter. I keep telling myself throughout the day as a mantra, "It's going to be great. It's mm-hmm. going to be a great new chapter."
2: I lie to myself too sometimes. Right? Like
1: I <laughs> it, look how great it worked out for *Sex in the City*. <laughs> Like, I just, I just really, and just like that, you and know, just, yeah. Real Housewives of New York <laughs> and just like that. I, I really think it it will be great. I've heard really good things. I'm excited about the cast. Mm-hmm. It will be a different kind of energy. Andy was talking about it being, um, or someone on Watch What Happens was talking about it being closer to Miami, which oh, yeah. is the greatest, most positive compliment. You could say that mm-hmm. the energy is closer to the Miami reboot. That sounds phenomenal. I'm very excited. I just need to have like a one day, which has been every day of just like sitting shiv a little bit for the fact that it's not going to have Sonia, Lou, Jill, I would yeah. say Dorinda, you know, noting that it's Dorinda's on a, mm-hmm. a path and we love, <laughs> we love her so much yeah. or, or, you know, um, I just—it's just—it's just—I just need to. Yeah. Because we are getting girls trip.
2: Yes, we're getting that, and we're getting. I think they're geniuses that they're airing Welcome to Crappy Lake at the same time, which
1: I've heard is so. I've heard good. amazing
2: things, and how Andy keep saying
1: it? So I'm like, yeah. yeah everybody's been saying that because yeah. Andy yeah. keeps saying it,
2: and I'm like. <laughs> that's enough i believe it the snake oil salesman says this is great
1: (laughs) it must be great
2: um but i do believe he doesn't lie that much like of course he's selling it but i do trust him when he if he's really saying like oh no this is going to be a great season of i know crappy lake's going to be amazing i know he's been selling the new era of roni Mm, yeah i think i think the I think everyone's gonna give it a chance, which is Of nice. course. I'm gonna
1: watch every episode percent. Oh, at, at least I haven't quit any yeah, yeah. So
2: it's I'm very interested. I've I am compelled by this Bryn character. I like that the name of Bryn is our one constant on this show now. Oh yeah, after Bryn Bethany's Hoppy. Yeah. Is um, it
1: but it's double N. Bryn was single yeah. N because oh, Bryn was it? after Brian. Oh, Jason yeah, Hoppy's yeah. unfortunately passed away, brother.
2: Yeah. Um she seems interesting. I just saw a photo of her from uh years and years and years ago and she's at a table with sheena and pandora and like stassi or something and i said it's that's always a good sign like when you see a lisa barlow picture from 10 years ago and she's like in the background of beverly it's like okay we've we're on the right track um very interested to see what jenna lyons brings yes i feel like that's going to give some like early carol energy Mm -hmm. where she's the cool kid and then maybe we'll devolve into oh no she is a and um, Uba seems like she's the yes. like the wild card, I think. Oh, my God. How they're poising it. Oh, really? I, f- I feel like it. I feel like in the trailers and stuff. like.
1: Oh, great.
2: She has some star quality. so.
1: Oh, my God. I love a breakout star. Yeah. Let I am very Uba. interested. I'm into that. Also, Bryn keeps coming up. I guess I haven't paid enough attention mm-hmm. to the new cast because I want to get to know them on the show, to be yeah. honest. Um, But Bryn keeps coming up. Is this like maybe... Like the Bryn is the wild card that she's like a yes. little, um, you know, crazy.
2: Yeah. To yeah. I was in gonna a, say like
1: sassy, uh, zesty, yes, yeah. unique. I mean it in a, the York, best unique way. Unique yes. New York, unique New York. Right. I I just yeah but, that she could be mm-hmm. a little. And what's her what's her? Uh, I really don't know I anything know. about any of that aside from Jenna Lyons same. inventing the chambray shirt into a pencil skirt <laughs> dynamic.
2: Um. Yeah, I honestly can't remember her specific, like, claim to fame, or, like, her entry point. I know Ubu is a model, or is a model.
1: Yeah, she's, like, a fabulous model. Yeah,
2: and then, um, but honestly, so much of it, I'm just, I go based on vibes, and I'm like, that's the one (laughs) with nothing to back it up. Oh, my God. But I passed them filming this, (gasps) um... New. I don't know if I told you this, but you
1: didn't tell me everything.
2: It was. I was walking by. What was it? Maybe like Serafina. Is that like near Times Square?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was. I walking, mean, I don't know that it
1: is, but I'm pretending that yeah, it is. Yeah, we,
2: we could use our imagination. Okay, and it is now. I was walking by a restaurant, and I see my what my brain immediately recognizes as like a woman walking down the street. And my brain registered it as like a walk-in scene from a housewife show before i saw a camera before i saw oh anything i was like why does this look familiar and it was it was jenna lyons doing her like walk-in into the restaurant and yeah. then i realized um i realized it was her and then i passed like the camera hmm. production man, and i was like of course the one time I, I pass production is when it's like the new show that i don't know any Ugh. that i have no investment oh in um but yeah, it seems it, it'll be really interesting and I think what'll be super interesting about it is how well it plays if it's successful and what that success might mean for how other shows operate what if they hit a slump? Like if this is a huge mm. hit and Atlanta falls into a slump, like are we then at risk of them pulling this there or doing it in another city and doing like this new era Cleaning house move. Like, I feel like it'll be very interesting to see how this impacts their operations moving forward.
1: It's such a good point. And I also think, like, just instinctively, how are we judging, critiquing, valuing, and evaluating R H O N Y new beginnings? Because, (laughs) are we going to, I think, instinctively, what you're seeing me do and how I'm processing it is thinking about it as not its own show but as the Real Housewives of New York the name of which I associate with specific members of the cast so when we're watching it it would be an interesting character study speaking of like AG Psycho 101 of like when you're watching this show are you thinking as Andy said um, although that was in response to a specific question like what franchise energy is it closest to? He didn't say the franchise energy it's closest to is the Real Housewives of New York. (laughs) That would be potentially confusing for people, a.k.a. the current dynamic that I find myself in. But, you know, when you're watching it, are you associating it, judging it, comparing it to New York as we have known it for over a decade? Mm -hmm. Or are you thinking like, oh, this is a new show that feels like Miami or this is a new show that has cast relationships that feel similar to Potomac or Mm -hmm. like this is a new show that's like, you know, sort of chaotic sometimes like Orange County. Like it would be it would be interesting just to see the ways that people are even like trying to unpack their response to it like mm-hmm. the way that you're watching it which lens are you watching it through
2: yeah I feel like that's kind of its big obstacle that they gave themselves is, yes. is that title and I feel like if they had called part of me wishes instead of saying okay this is the new one like we're, we're giving the existing title to this show and then we're mm. calling something legacy that didn't work out but I part of me wishes that they called it something Gave it its own name, like called it "Real Housewives of Manhattan" or something, and kept New York City for the. But upper we want East Brooklyn, exactly. Yeah, but we only have one from Brooklyn on this. um
1: Well, but how many full timers are there? Six.
2: Six. Yeah. I mean, so it's a decent. It's the Alex McCord of the bunch. Yeah. But just something that like, it's tough because they they're there's only so far they can go in positioning it as a new show. Mm. So it's. The, like you said, the audience reaction is going to be shaded by the title, by the situation so before true. anything else, in terms of the actual substance of the show.
1: Oh my god, I'm I'm really excited to see it. I really am. I think mm-hmm. we deserve this. I think this is going to force me, someone who often as a comfort blanket will just like hold on to the past and really just yeah. be like, okay, this is the present, and also your future looks good because you're gonna have Girls Trip and also Crappy Lake, and Crappy Lake is. I forget the premiere dates, but New York is next month, right? Isn't New York July?
2: Yes. I, I think Crappy Lake is July 9th, and then New York might be like July 16th.
1: Fuck. That's okay. I And they're giving us what we want, mm-hmm. which is Lou and Sonia in a, you know sassy turn of events yeah. and then also this new show which is great and it's also a little tough because for those of us who are trying to detach <laughs> like, <laughs> if if Sonia and Lou kill it and I could totally see them like doing great like that might be t- that might be yeah, because like, unfortunately it's going to be like you know content creators or whomever being like okay so the day after watch numbers for New York oh, versus yeah. Krabby Lake are this <laughs> and that and that's That's a tough um, way to evaluate a show's success because I think Mm -hmm. also, you know, oftentimes shows will say, well, my lead-in wasn't great. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Conan-Leno War of the Worlds, uh, the argument from Team Conan was, like, you're talking about my ratings, but Leno was, like, blowing shit up at 10 o'clock or whatever, so Mm -hmm. you can't compare me to that with... New York one could make the argument that there are bravoholics who might not be interested in season one slash 14 because 13 was so bad so Mm -hmm. they can't be responsible if the initial numbers aren't fantastic potentially because that's not on this cast
2: yeah it's one of the weirdest situations so weird it's just so fluid and Mm. and just it's very bizarre and I think the shows themselves will be very entertaining, but yeah. I also think it'll be really interesting to see how it all pans out Yeah, from a, from a programming standpoint. Like, I think yeah this is just the beginning of where, where things land.
1: Well, I'm so excited for you to come back because we're going to need to unpack it once it premieres, Anytime. which is going to be essentially <laughs> be in a manner of weeks. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe that Legacy didn't happen. I can't Mm. believe that Girls Trip Scary (laughs) Island technically is. and
2: Kristen Takeman's time to shine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that Aviva's not a part of it. I'm really surprised that Aviva, you would think Aviva would really want to be back. I'm surprised. And maybe she did. Maybe it just didn't happen. Maybe they... Ran out of (laughs) you know spots.
2: I can't believe they wasted Alex McCord on season four with a bunch of randos, and then didn't get her for this.
1: How could they not get her for both? I I don't know that an offer went out. I need to find out.
2: I need yeah, that's another one where I need every email sent. I want to read them all.
1: Yeah, and I just really I hate to say it, but I don't know how much of the upcoming girls trip I'm gonna sit through. I think the talk about it is like dark, so dark, and I just don't need that energy mm-hmm. especially when it's like if there are elements of um housewives that really are not mandatory i would put girls trip in that boat yeah, like there it's extracurricular s- it's super extracurricular there are seasons that are incredible incredible and seasons that are not and mm-hmm. i just don't feel great about it i really i don't know i don't feel great
2: yeah and you get the highlights no matter what you can't escape they're, they're online and social media so it's yeah, like unfortunately yeah and it's disconnected from any for the most part, any story that has a through line, which is like the main shows.
1: Totally. Also, I did love when Kenya was talking about what Sonia had said about her on Watch What Happens Live. And I believe the phrase she used was a show or that show. Yes. Instead yeah. of saying Watch What Happens Live. And I was like, just say it. Really? <laughs> At this point, we can't just say Watch What Happens Live that you guys are reality TV stars. Yeah. Like, there was a gentleman there who was asking me questions. I yeah. I think his name was Scott. Like, come on. Like, can we not just yeah. say uh, when, it? One
2: quote, when we were in New York. Right. For the reunion. That's the classic. God, I hate it so much.
1: <laughs> I'm like, at this point, there are shows that are going deep. And also, the reunion is the reunion. You're going to yeah. be, like, sitting next to the guy. You might as well reference yeah. the fucking show. That's the kind of stuff that maybe they do just to piss me off. Because I'm like, <laughs> I swear to God, they know what they're doing. Yeah um crafty artisans. Uh listen, Tom Smith Smythe, <laughs> what a delight to have you in the clawfish. I feel like you are one are one of the creators of it. I could not more highly recommend that people not only read your work, which is incredible, but also go to your shop and visit your handle milk and don't call me honey because did i say that right i always think i fuck it up nope yep that's right right. because your illustrations are so funny and it has gotten to the point where i just like want all of that like it's just so funny and there god you did one of lee i think it was lisa barlow Call it was like a six piece collection of her calling her lawyers, yeah,
2: lawyer one through six.
1: And someone had a gallery of it that (laughs) I remember you reposted, which I thought was like one of among the funniest things (laughs) that a person could do. So funny and so smart which is exactly how i think of you so for um anyone who enjoyed this episode i could not more highly encourage and also they're very um budget friendly too for like literal art and i think oftentimes with anything in the bravo world and i love so many elements of it i love 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 bravo creators but there are pieces of work that people have done that i think like literally can work in a space and be beautiful to look at and also (laughs) funny and like a wink so that's the kind of stuff that I look for cuz it's like it doesn't feel like a um I mean apologies to Playbill but it doesn't doesn't just feel like you know like a poster mm-hmm. of something um but it feels like its own unique interesting conversation point so could it more highly pe- encourage people to visit your shop but also tell the AGs where can they follow you on social where can they you know read your stuff um so read your stuff
2: <laughs> um i'm uh tom underscore smyth underscore on all socials twitter and instagram um smyth um yeah and then milk and don't call me honey on instagram too for those very specific housewives um drawings and posts and things Mm. like that but yeah
1: Love it. Guys, uh, follow me on Instagram at Dame Gowley And big news this weekend, which may be Sunday night, but it will be this weekend. Guess what is appearing on the Andy's Girls Patreon, the number one way to support the pod. Yes, that's right. The live audio recording of Andy's Girls Live. While the video and the live event was exclusive to people who are in the room where it happens and live streaming, The audio is now going to go up on the AG Patreon so you can hear friend of the pod Dylan (laughs) Hafer's Unbelievable performance as DJ James Kennedy and me struggling to figure out how to <laughs> present Raquel and so much more. There was a Q&A with people um, sharing their thoughts and feels on all things Scandal. This is a Vanderpump Rules Scandal Spritz, which was recorded here in New York City, performed in, here in New York City the day after the VPR finale. Um, I'm really excited. I asked um Patreon AGs like, do you guys wanna hear this? I really didn't know. I was like, maybe <laughs> we're like past that point and you might not I truly was like, I don't wanna like put this up. If you guys mm-hmm. don't wanna hear it, just let me know. And I got so many comments and messages of like, Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm excited. I'm excited to to post it exclusively on the Andes Girls Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Andy's girls. They're in
2: person. So yes! I can highly recommend it was Exactly where you want to be the day after Scandals, uh, <laughs> the reunion episode.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. First off, thank you for coming, Tom um, oh, smith Knife, And, um, yeah, it was honestly just like being next to Dill and surrounded by, I mean, you were there. Bravo, Bravo, Docking, Bravo was there. Dame Brian Moylan was there. Um It was a really, really fun night, and I'm excited for the um, Patreoners to hear it because I don't actually remember what was said. (laughs) We were like so high on the finale I can't even tell you um so you can listen to that episode exclusively on the ag patreon at patreon.com slash it will be available exclusively to the og of the ag and people's people's couch tiers so just as a quick reminder two dollars a month gets you my love and sass five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes and ten dollars a month gets you four including this upcoming live show production and there's also a premium tier which includes the opportunity the the grand celebration that is recording a patreon episode with me dame galley yours truly so check that out this weekend at patreon.com slash andy scrolls and tom Smythe, Smith smyth <laughs> so great to have you on the cloth oh my thank god you. it's an
2: honor to be here and thank, thank, thank you. you so much for having me
1: oh my god a pleasure and this was exactly what I needed. And I think I was like a little loopy, Fruit Loops cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because I really did not sleep the last couple of days with Tobes in town. So this was exactly, I just felt like this was my comfort blanket. I really did. This was just so delightful. So I'm so appreciative for you coming. And we are gonna shift on over to taking it personally because we have a couple things to say about a certain show and it involves numbers. So on that note, hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye-bye.